Bigfoot Society would like to thank the following sponsors for helping make the podcast possible. The Singular Fortean Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the Society at Singular Fortean for all the latest weird news and more. Come with us and investigate the impossible. Lauren Smith is the hostess for Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio, which has been on air for over a decade and has completed over 300 shows. Lauren brings with her a unique viewpoint given that she is not only the daughter of one of the veteran female Bigfoot researchers in the South, but she has been conducting field research since she was a preteen some 20 years ago. Nightcallers is a Bigfoot world favorite and along with interviewing researchers and witnesses often features interviews with guests from the documentary film and entertainment industry. Lauren also does a vidcast segment called Nightcallers which features real encounters sent in by viewers. You can find all of this and more at nightcallersproductions.com. Welcome to the Bigfoot Society Podcast. Join me, your host, Jeremiah Byron, as I uncover the stories behind the people who make the wonderfully weird and unexplained their life's work. We love chatting about cryptids and creatures that defy logic, but that won't stop us from having people show up that you might not expect. A little bit of this American life and a little bit of in search of is what you're about to experience. So sit back, put your headphones on, Put your phone in your pocket and relax with your favorite beverage as I uncover the stories behind your favorite entertainers, researchers, and people you've never heard of in this episode of the Bigfoot Society Podcast. In this episode of the Bigfoot Society Podcast, I have the privilege of talking with my new friend, Joe Perdue. Uh, As you'll hear in a few seconds, uh, this guy has done everything, and if you don't know who Joe is, you need to start following Joe. Uh, He does some really cool stuff. This is one of my favorites. I always say that about my episodes, but this is definitely one of my favorite episodes. I mean, you're not going to be expecting this one. So thanks again, Joe, for coming on and uh, sit back and enjoy this one. All right. Thanks for coming back to the Bigfoot Society podcast. I have the privilege of uh, hanging out with Mr. Joe Perdue from West Virginia, correct? That is correct. Awesome. And I got uh, quite the bio for you. I'm going to I'm going to read over here. So uh, Joe Perdue is a master naturalist, a classically trained chef, an artist, a researcher, been involved with small town monsters, as we'll see in the future, uh, was a witness on finding Bigfoot. The search continues is the co-owner of Wild and Weird West Virginia a dinosaur repairman and more. So (laughs) dude, that, that bio is inspiring to me. It's like, how can you not read that and be like, let's go, man, Joe, uh, anything else I missed on that, man? Uh, I'm a veteran U S air force veteran. Oh, Um, awesome, dude. Very cool. One of the perks of that was uh, obviously being able to serve our country, but I was trained in crash retrieval, crash retrieval and recovery. Um, so it goes into the data collection, forensic, uh, inspection mm. and cr- essentially like crime scene layout inspection yeah, yeah, yeah. to document what happened, how it happened and things of that nature, mm. um, which you can think, you know, comes in handy when we're doing big for research. Oh, totally. Oh, that is, so, that's a very cool piece yeah. to know that, that definitely 
gives credence to your, uh, to your re- research there. Um, you're a guy that's been, uh, popping up here, popping up there. And you, you've been, I have a list of people. I'm like, I need to get this guy on get this guy. On. <laughs> and then I was watching finding Bigfoot. I was like, it's yeah. that Joe guy. Come on. And I was like, now nah, I really got to get Joe on. But, um, so thanks for, for hanging out. Um, absolutely, uh, man. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. This will be a good night. I'm curious, uh, what was it that got you involved in Bigfoot and cryptozoology and weird stuff originally? Well, uh, it all started with my grandmother and it was fostered by a sixth grade or a seventh grade science teacher. Uh, I still, you know, have in my life and we, we talk every now and then. Um, and where it started was my grandmother was uh, First Nations. And Uh-oh. so I, I yeah. was raised with a different kind of outlook in regards to the forest and what can be in the forest. Okay. And, um, you know, so it wasn't ever like she was teaching me about Bigfoot or teaching me about this, that, and the other, but we did have the ability to, uh, rehab wildlife. That's one of the perks of being a first nations tribe member is that if there's injured wildlife, you're allowed to rehab it legally in the state of West Virginia. Really? So I grew up around owls and foxes and all kinds of stuff like that. It was a great time. So, um, we, uh, she was always into sci-fi. So we would always sit and watch the in search of, you know, yes. all the classic stuff yes. that everybody's involved in. You know, I can sit yep. and rattle it off, but everybody's already heard before. Um, <laughs> all the, all the classic stuff. Right. And, uh, then I was actually out, um, in, I grew up in rural West Virginia. Uh, okay. and, and I, I live still in a slightly rural area, but I grew up like deep in the sticks and I was out hunting probably, uh, it was the first week of squirrel season. So it was the weekend after Memorial day. Okay. And, um, they're not Memorial day, labor day. Sorry. It was the weekend after labor day. And, uh, I'm up on top of the Ridge and I go down to where, uh, I normally had my little hunting spot and it was a timbered out area that had okay. been completely cleared a about 10 years prior. So there was some new growth coming in, but it was mostly just stumps and deadfalls had been left behind and uh, left wood that they abandoned, things like that. Um, But it made for a really nice area because where it came in was I would hunt on this hill and the other hill started here. And I had a nice vantage point to be able to hide in the brush that was a big thicket and hadn't been timbered. And I could look through the tent through the forest and see this big clearing. So I had the advantage on deer and anything else of that nature. Um, and I had been, um, you know, planting certain foods out there like, uh, turnips and carrots and things like that to just kind of bring just out in the woods. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's in that timbered area. Um, so okay. it, it had direct sunlight coming on it all the time. Um, and the reason you do that is just to kind of make it, it's called a food plot. And, mm. uh, the reason you do that is because it'll bring deer in to an area oh, that they normally right. wouldn't hang yep, out yep. and you're not like baiting them. Cause I didn't leave food there all year. I would just plant during a certain time to get them to come through and then mm-hmm. pass by and go. Makes sense. Um, Makes sense. And, and I was never like a trophy hunter. I'm one of these guys that if, mm-hmm. if I hunt it and I kill it, I use absolutely every part of it all the okay. way down to using the bones to making stocks and soups and all that. Nice. nice. Um, so, uh, anyway, 
I'm out there and I'm looking at the ridge and uh, just kind of looking around. I see that the ground had been really, really turned up. Hmm. Um, like everything had been ripped out that I had planted. So I'm like, man, I really got some going on up here. So I, I went back in and looked and, and just kind of waited and um, nothing came around. So I came back a few days later just to check and see on everything. This is on the weekend. Okay. Um, and while I was there, as soon as I got settled in my position, I started just kind of surveying, scoping out and probably about 25, 30 yards from the tree line um, on the opposite side. Cause you know, the, in West Virginia, they timber similar to how they do out in the Pacific Northwest. So okay. they only timber portions of a mountain and then they leave the rest. Cause if they don't, they're dealing with landslide issues oh, and all kinds of interesting. stuff. So they timber it in quarters. And, uh, so there's a hard tree line of, you know, 50, 60 year old trees that butts up against absolutely nothing where it all hmm. been kind of timbered out. So, 25 to 30 yards from the tree line, I saw this thing just running around like crazy. Really? And it was a small uh, Sasquatch, at least oh. to what, what we would describe and call a Sasquatch. Okay. Um, this was a, a small one. I was like, well, that's weird. Like yeah. it was just running around. Like it would throw its hands up like this when it was running. And it was just, I was, I was captivated oh, by this little thing. And it was probably three to four feet tall. And hmm. As I'm watching it, I notice there's two more. Oh man! And they're foraging, uh, like across that ground that I had planted, and they're also turning up and like ripping open logs that have been dead and rotted out. And you know, it looked like they were ripping grubs out. Yeah. And I watched them. It felt like I was there for half an hour just because it was like time froze, you know. Mm. And mm-hmm. but it was really only just like a minute, minute and a half. Yeah. At, best um and so as soon as the wind shifts because i had the wind in my favor this entire time it didn't smell anything weird there was no weird odor no stinkiness and suddenly the wind shifted as soon as the wind shifted the little one took off running back towards the two bigger ones the bigger one the big big one stood up because it was like kind of down on its haunches but against a log Okay. So it was kind of almost like it was sitting on the log, um, but, but like more, more on its haunches. Sure. And then it stood up and I was like, Oh crap. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and I, all I ever saw was it was its back um, uh-huh. and it's, it's profile. Like, Cause it did this thing where it turned its body like this and raised its head and like sniffed at the air. And then I assume it made some kind of noise that I couldn't hear because when it dropped its head back down, the other medium, I guess it was still big, like me size one uh-huh. stood up and joined the two and they just walked off into the forest. And I waited for a minute and then was like, okay, I'm out now because <laughs> yeah. they made themselves scarce. I'm going to do the same. I'm going the opposite direction wow. and I'm going to go home. Mm. So that was kind of the Campbell's condensed version of, of my okay. story. Um, there's a, a, you know, I can go to a little bit more depth on what they were doing later if you want to ask those questions. Um, but, the, you know, Campbell's condensed version, there you go. That's it. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. So, that'd be enough to, yeah. to set me on that trail pretty quick, man. Yeah. It, it got me hooked. Um, and, and I was like a closet case for a really, really long time. Really? Okay. I kept it to myself because I was already like 
the wild guy in high school. I was um, okay. already doing all kinds of stuff. I was a daredevil doing. If I if I went and said, "Hey guys, I saw a Bigfoot," yeah, everybody was gonna be like, "You've lost your marbles." Okay. <laughs> and then in the military, it's just not something to talk about. So I would imagine you wouldn't want to be <clears throat> the Bigfoot guy in the military. No, 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 no. So no. Uh, it, it was several years uh, after, and I, I don't. I told a couple people about it, and then. Um, my business partner and research partner, Ron, I told okay. him about it years ago mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, we were, he was telling me weird stories that happened to him and I was telling him about the Bigfoot thing. And yeah, it was, that's kind of what launched us down the wild and weird road that we're on. Oh <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I love it. I love um, it. Cause he had several years, 30, 30 some years of UFO research. And he was also a, uh, oh, wow. a paranormal researcher for, a few years and was, you know, working with the uh, audio and video and production stuff for uh, paranormal oh. TV kind of things. And okay. um, so he had a background with that. And we just kind of combined my outdoorsiness and wanting to go big hunting and everything else together and came up with Wild and Weird West Virginia and the oh, West man. Virginia High Strangers Collective. So you made, you made both of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yep. The so collective cool. is our research uh group okay and we work with dave roberts and um a couple other local researchers here that uh will you know go out with some certain things we we wanted to make a team essentially that was Mm -hmm. proficient in all sorts of strange uh topics um so that way you know if we had a big bigfoot report come in i go out on the bigfoot report We've got a ghost report come in. Dave goes, checks it out. UFO, Ron goes, checks it out. So we have a team that's multiversed and is able to go out and collect data in the best ways we can. Oh, that, that is cool. I am curious. Um, how does one become a master naturalist? What is well, the- that, uh, that is a year and a half to three years long, depending on how much you can accomplish in the small amount of time. Um, program through the West Virginia DNR. Uh, There is another master naturalist program in the country. It's uh, somewhere on the West coast. I think it's either Washington or Oregon. Um, But the reason every state has a naturalist program, Mm. West Virginia and one of the states in the PNW have master naturalist programs because of the wide range of biodiversity that we have in our states. Okay. Um, it's where West Virginia is commonly referred to as kind of like the Pacific Northwest of the East. Interesting. Just because our climate's very similar. Um, we have a similar amount of rainfall. We've got a similar, uh, fauna and wildlife that inhabit the area. Um, we just have black bears instead of brown bears. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, what kind of skills do you get at, uh, through that, uh, master naturalist, uh, what kind of skills do you come out of the process with? Um, it's a lot of skills uh, and identification skills, um, okay. data data collection, identification. Um, we also work with research teams uh, and we work with the Department of Environmental Protection. Uh, for example, oh, wow. if they come up on a area where there's like a bat roost and they're supposed to be blasting for the state road, they would call in the naturalists to come in and kind of figure out a way to get the bats out 
with some environmental scientists and some biologists. And we would be the ones that would actually be doing most of the handling and moving animals out. Has that actually uh, stuff like that come up? Uh, Yeah. um, Yeah. I've done, I've done some bat removal. I've done uh, a lot of snake removal. Um, Oh yeah. Doing, uh, doing some work with salamanders and study in salamanders um, and amphibians and things like that. Oh man. That is, that's really cool. I like that. Um, I, I really just want to work through your bio first because I, I feel like, sure. like when we get the whole picture of a person, it kind of, it makes for a fun time. Um, so how does the, uh, how's the chef thing? Um, I actually, I left the culinary world years ago. I was okay. a, um, I was the executive chef for one of the largest companies in the world for a few what? years. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, it, it would be a very recognized name if I told you what it was uh, to the point okay. where you might even drop one. <laughs> and, uh, um, <laughs> nice. That's so cool. if you, if you saw sponsored by this company on your TV during a sporting event, there was a yeah. pretty good chance that I was there preparing the meals or wow. at least putting together the after party and things like that. Oh man. What, what, so, a, what a, what a change. Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah, major, major change. I've done so many major changes. I went from the military into the culinary and full fabrication. So I built airplanes. Um, oh, so I went from being a, a, a mechanic to a chef. Uh, and I combined the, the two with fabrication and the art of the culinary world and sculpting ice and sculpting fruits and vegetables into making art and making sculpting Bigfoot out of clay and <laughs> things mm. like that. So it all just kind of uh, flowed into where I'm at now. The, the dinosaur, I really don't want to miss out on that. So how do you, <laughs> how do you get involved with your fixing dinosaur oh, stuff man, at a museum? It, like, what is this? This is nuts, man. Yeah. Um, well, if you become a, I actually went and took a lot of courses from Stan Winston's school of, uh, Oh, character. nice. Yeah. Jurassic park. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, learned how to do and sculpt a lot of various techniques, uh, and working with silicone and working with, um, I'd already had a background with working with fiberglass and silicone mold making okay. and resins and whatnot from the air force. So combining that with the art side of things, especially when you involve the Stan Winston School of Arts, Stan mm. Winston, Jurassic Park and whatnot, yep. we had a local museum startup called the T-Rex Science Center. They unfortunately were a victim of COVID and no longer uh. around. Oh, no. Um, uh. But they were, uh, they brought in all these exhibits um, yeah. and they had T-Rexes, they had Triceratops, they had various other uh, they had some animatronics and that's that's a lot of what i worked on was the animatronics because okay. they were they had the latex skin over them and they would get ripped or torn in transportation and then i would go yep. in and fix them and make them look good again um ron was with me uh with with the mammoths uh we had to basically rebuild a uh a mastodon which oh, was just insane <laughs> Um, but we made it look better than it did in the original pictures. So That's we made cool. it look more like a mastodon. There you um, go. 
And then we, we I repaired a plesiosaur, repaired a pterosaur, uh, actually got to work with a copy of Sue's skull, which is one of the most yeah, famous, yeah. The, the most complete Tyrannosaurus Rex that we'd had on uh, in any museum. Nice. Um, so I got to uh, do some cleanup on one of those. Um, then just moving around certain parts and things like that, working with the uh, skeletons and fixing them if they got damaged. Um, uh, sculpted a, they had dropped a mount, which was like a $5,000 sculpture oh, wow. that somebody had dropped and busted and oh. it blew off a big section of its neck. Oh, and wow. I had to go in and sculpt and match the texture of the scales and blend it wow. all in. And, oh. uh, I put a, after I did that, I put a coat of primer on it and then sent it off to Ron and Ron did the uh, paint work and combined the uh, combined the pigments enough to get us back in where we needed to be with the how color. cool is that man I yeah it was that. fun <laughs> I, I miss it um when when they tore everything down i went back out and helped out with that too yeah uh, but you know I, I just could add that to my resume now dinosaur repair man <laughs> yeah i mean that's the ultimate resume builder um yeah. speaking of so i i kind of did a little bit of a instagram deep dive like uh that seems to be the thing like you know hot ones does that right but um i am curious uh one thing i'm really curious about what was it like when you and ron met sucalos oh man uh, you okay. gotta tell me about how what it's like being <laughs> sucalos like well, well it wasn't yeah. we, we didn't just meet out with him, we hung out with him um you hung we out were, yeah we got to hang out with him we were there with him for a weekend um whoa we we did a show together okay uh oh, we uh jeff byers who owns creature replica i don't know if you know her familiar with that yeah company. yeah creature yeah totally yeah yep. and gene st Jean. uh yeah those are those are two of our best friends and what? oh yeah like it's it's really really funny how interconnected we have become over the last several years okay. but uh jeff's one of our best friends and we talk to gene all the time we have him on our podcast frequently nice. um and uh so jeff put on this show that was a side branch off part of another show called horror hound uh which mm. is a horror convention that takes place in cincinnati and in indianapolis i've heard of that one yep jeff put a side bar into the thing called factor fiction i think is what it was called okay and um we had our uh, another good friend of ours bob gimlin was there and um, like the bob, bob gimlin oh yeah the bob oh, okay gimlin. yeah yeah just yeah just make it god love bob oh yeah totally um if it actually there's a lot of stuff that it was not for bob we would not be doing what we're doing oddly enough that sounds um, amazing. Yeah, it's it's a whole fun story to get into later. Right. <laughs> so, totally. um, but uh, we we were doing this show, and um, Jeff was talking to us, and he's like, "Man, I really want you guys to come. I really want you guys to come." And it's a really long show, and uh, out there, it was expensive to set up for. Uh, it was like expensive booths, expensive hotel. It was going to be a, a huge, huge, huge expense. But he was like. But guys, I got Giorgio. And we were mm. like, what? Sell, <laughs> like, yeah. sell the house. We're going. Yeah, pretty much. That's what we said. <laughs> like he's yeah. got Giorgio and Bob's gonna be there. Oh. Let's just let's just pack it up and go. Yep. Um, Giorgio's actually a huge Bigfoot fan, by the way. I don't know if you know that or not. Is he, he really? 
Oh yeah, oh, dude, dude oh, is I, like, yeah, I got to try to get him on the show. <laughs> Giorgio, I got to interview promise, Giorgio. He, he is a big Sasquatch guy. He, no um, him and, way. He loves Bob too. He and Bob are friends. Um, I got to get that they, interview. Uh, they actually went out to dinner together while we were there. Really? So, yeah. Oh wow, that's amazing. So we were. Um, it was so funny. So we were hanging out and uh, our room was super, super small. They put us in a room that we were not supposed to be in. Uh, we were supposed to be in a bigger hall, but they stuck us in this little cubby hole. And so everybody was like crammed together. And Giorgio's rep was like, uh-uh. Not happening. <laughs> so, so they pulled Giorgio out and stuck him in the main hall because there was a bunch okay. of people that didn't show up. Okay. Uh, yeah, there was that year that like all these people were canceling on the horror conventions uh, that made like uh, social media phenomena okay. for a little bit. So there were a lot of people that canceled on the show. Um, so there were booths open and they sent Giorgio out there and uh, Giorgio actually tried to get them to take us with him. Oh, because wow. He wanted us to set up beside him. It was, he was, he was nuts. How cool so um, he's got copies of all of our UFOs that we make. Um, oh wow! And he's got a copy of our um, uh, little golden flyer. You know the pin that he wears, the little lapel pin. Yeah. Um, he's got a copy of that that we make. Um, wow. He uh, yeah, Georgia is a great guy. Oh man. So we we tried to pay for stuff because like we gave him the UFOs and we tried to buy stuff off him. And he was like, no, absolutely not. No, tell yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah, just, yeah, he yeah. would just give it to us. Oh, wow. um, so he's just such a great guy and getting to spend time with him that weekend and, and going to have conversations with him and really dig into some of his thoughts was really cool. Mm. Yeah. It's mind blowing, but we talk to him every now and then on social media okay. uh, back and forth with Instagram yeah. Um, and so we're going to get him, we're actually working on a couple more UFOs. We're going to send out to him. Uh, one of our UFOs was actually on his big TV show that he did. It was on ancient aliens. Yeah. It, but it was really? like blurred out. We recognize uh, it because we made it. Like, That's the one. Yeah. We, we know because <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, it was sitting on the corner of one of his desks. No. And, uh, so anytime that they went down to the corner, uh, it was Will Shatner was at the end of the table and Giorgio was yeah. beside him. Yeah. Anytime the camera went between Giorgio and Shatner, you could see this, this UFO sitting over there on the corner of the desk. Like, That's ours. Yours. Did that just ah. blow your mind to know that it your did. UFO was that close to Shatner too? Oh, like, oh yeah, it was ah. great. It was great. It was great. And um, so we, Ron, Ron was like, "That's it, man. That's our thing. That's our UFO." Oh, and I was just like, man. "Oh, that is too cool." Um, I love so, it. Yeah, it's it's one of the awesome things about this community too. Uh, not just the Bigfoot community, but the paranormal world as a whole. Like, it is extremely easy to become friends with the people that you look up to and kind of idolize to a degree. Yes. Um, you know, like I never in a million years thought that I would have conversations on a regular basis with Cliff Berrickman. Exactly. Yep. Never. Yep. But you know, I'm. After finding Bigfoot, I talk to him every time we get ready to go out on something. I'll send I'll send him, uh, you know, a report essentially, just being like, "Hey, look, check this out." That's awesome. Yeah. So it's it's nice oh. to have him to bounce stuff off of, and uh, so. him and Russ Jones. Um, I don't know if you're aware yep. of Russ Jones. He might be another good one to try to get on here too. Uh, he was um, on the. He's on that. Who's on that? Doctor uh, Russ Jones, right? Yeah, Doctor Jones on yeah. the episode. Yeah, uh, who's yeah. on the uh, the search? Yeah, continues, he's. Right? 
he's a good friend of mine. Um, okay. And cool. he, he is uh, kind of like, sort of like my Bigfoot mentor, I guess you put it. Oh, nice. <laughs> we, yeah. Yeah. We bounce. Uh, yeah. We bounce stuff back and forth off each other all the time. Um, anytime awesome. he gets a report, uh, he'll bounce ideas off me and vice versa, things like that. It's really, it's really good to have people like that to work with. So. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. Like you got to find someone who's on your same path, but is yep. further down the trail than you are, you know? Yep. And, and you got to find the people behind you to help do them the out too. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. I totally get it. I totally get and, it. And that's one of the visions that we have with wild and weird West Virginia. Okay. Uh, it, we, we actually have a convention that we host called wild and weird con. Oh, and okay. it's not like your typical convention where we have people come and just lecture you about the topic. Nice. We, the speakers put on workshops. I love that. So we're just teaching you how to do this thing. Like if it's, oh, man. if it's something you're interested in and you want to learn how to do this, we will teach you. Um, wow. We're actually doing a spring workshop. I think May 8th is the date. It's not in concrete yet, but um, we're doing a, a workshop in Kanawha state forest, which is where John Tenney's encounter took place and where I took finding Bigfoot. Okay. And we're going to do a Bigfoot workshop. Oh, where I'm going to teach cool. people how to do plaster casts. Ron's going to teach them about audio and video equipment. Um, we're going to have a friend of ours, Wayne Barnes, come out and talk a little bit about Bigfoot history. And uh, we'll try and get Russ. It just depends on his schedule if he can get out and talk about some uh, like environmental stuff and things with because uh, Russ is also a master nationalist as well. Oh, okay, um, cool. Yeah, and so he'll talk about uh, some probably food. Um, food and migration ideas and things like that. Oh man. Yeah. It was actually, that was on my list to, to ask you about the weird and wild, wild and weird con. Um, that's such a cool idea. Um, yeah, it's not your typical convention. Um, now we do have vendors and things like that, like you would find okay. at other conventions, but it's, um, the speaker lineup is definitely not a, it's a workshop. You know, we're, it's an educational experience. You know, when you come in, you're, you're going to actually walk out with more than, what you came in with wow and that is at the forest in yep. uh in west virginia that is such a cool idea I, I i immediately wish um everything else was was like that too for oh yeah yeah totally oh my goodness um yeah. there is a uh there's an audience question kind of talking about i, I want to make sure that you can hear me right now i'm getting some weird uh, my headphones are being. Weird. Oh yeah. I've got you. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Audio. Good. Good. All right. Very good. Um, uh, you never know what's going to happen with, with, uh, with tech, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to continue. So uh, what's your uh, favorite reference material when sculpting Sasquatch? And this is from Jonathan Dodds underscore draws. Okay. Um, well, there is uh, there's a book. Uh, called I think it's called about Sasquatch okay or know about Sasquatch um, okay. I purchased that uh, it has a breakdown of the Patterson Gimlin film um, with the subject removed out of all the material to where it's just kind of lined out and shows the morphology um, I also use a lot of uh, classic human physiology uh, I just exaggerate it you know, okay. uh, um, expand upon the pre-existing frame to make it fit the typical models. Um, now each 
Sasquatch that I've done, uh, I've always looked at various reports. Okay. Um, I combine my own visual sighting for most of the body outline, but I was really far away. I didn't see the outline of the face or I just, I just saw the outline of the face. I didn't see details. I didn't see, you know, what uh, a forward facing look at it. Right. So I use other people's reference material. I use other sightings and I combine those because I don't want to just make it based off one or two sightings. I combine normally 10 to 15 different sightings uh, and what the facial appearance was, how the lips looked, the way the lips were positioned on the face, the distance of the lips from the nose, how yeah. wide the nose was, the proportion was, was it a hooded nose or a flat nose? Um, how far set the eyes were apart, because that's something that I, you can actually calculate, you know, if sure. you've got, if they, if they say the, the, you know, it were looked like they were six inches apart. Well, okay. If it was a seven foot tall object, then convert that into inches and centimeters and use calipers uh-huh. and set and dial it in. And I can mark those positions using tools on the statue and then make it all kind of match up. That's amazing. Um, then, uh, then uh, apart from that, um, imagination, just incorporating uh-huh. some certain things, uh, especially like poses, because I don't like to make, um, I don't like to make statues that are kind of like upright and easy. Right. I wish I did. It'd make <clears> my <throat> life a whole lot easier. But yeah. I try to add dynamics to it and put like, oh, okay. a and you know, position the arms and um, a lot of the a lot of that you have to understand physically and you have to understand, well, if this muscle, if this arm is going to be here then this muscle has to be doing this and this muscle gotcha. is going to be tense in this motion, this muscle will be relaxed. Um, things like that. You got to take all that into consideration. Um, so I'll use a combination of relic hominin physiology uh, that has been put together over the years by anthropologists, as well as, modern human physiology and you know some physiology like gorillas uh things like that oh that is really cool uh do you happen to remember uh just curious uh, the author of that book that i can go grab the book if you got a second that's uh and or uh feel free to message me at a later time and just so i can put it in the show notes yeah 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 people will ask me i'll do that big time. Yep. Um, yep. I'll send you, uh, I'll send you a picture of it too, a picture of the cover and, uh, the author and title. Awesome. Awesome. It's like 30 bucks on Amazon. Okay. The first, uh, one of the first ways I heard about you was, um, a few of my buddies were like, I got this cool, like a Bigfoot footprint cast keychain." Oh yeah. 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 And, um, those were fun. Like, like those move around, like those have gone up, all over the place. Uh, yeah, man. How, did you, how uh, did you figure that out? Like how to get that into a keychain? Well, um, I was, I wanted to think of an idea of something for, because uh, we have a bunch of kids that come to these events, right? And I, I made these keychains for Bigfoot enthusiasts and also to really in, uh, can you hear me? Kickback. Um, yeah, let's, let me look real quick. I, th- our bandwidth might be getting weird. Uh-oh. I think yeah, we're good. We're good. Cool. We're oh, good. Sorry about that. You're good. Um, 
So uh, it started off with me wanting to make something that the kids would be able to afford and buy and be like, oh, look cool and put it on their backpack. And oh, yeah, yeah, totally. It's Bigfoot. And it's affordable because it shows we sell these things for six bucks. And we sell them for $9.99 to cover, you know, the packaging and shipping and whatnot and kind of take some of that weight off of us. So when it comes down to it, because I know they they sell so much on there now, but when it comes down, like our price, what we actually make off it is still the uh, six bucks. Okay. So, um, well, I just know we figured it out that way to cut to make the same amount of money on it, what we had to have for, at a show. Um, gotcha. So uh, I, I wanted to make four iconic Bigfoot cast copies okay. that uh, that would look cool each in form. And I sculpted probably 10 different ones um, mm. before I picked the four I liked um, and thought would actually fit the bill, excuse me, would actually fit for making it a keychain. And um the uh, I used the Hereford cast from Grace Harbor. Okay. Yep. Uh, Patterson Gimlin cast because we're always at shows with Bob, and mm-hmm. so we take a bunch of them up to Bob, and Bob will sell them. Um, uh, so cool. And uh, Bob's actually got a copy for of them, but he he uses one of the PG film casts that uh, on his keychain. Oh um, man, that's cool. Then I used the uh, Idaho cast. And the um, Doctor Bender novel cast, okay. And and we only I make the others in a few different colors, where I'll paint them like a sandstone or gray or whatever. I actually sent pictures of the uh, the Bender novel um, cast to 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 John, and asked him wow. what color he would want it to be. And he, he said, mm. make it like a Sandy, Sandy collar. So I, cool. he passed away shortly after that. So I right. only make that one in like a sandstone collar. Oh yeah. Totally. Um, and uh, so it released them uh, at creature weekend for the first time. And it was, uh, it was a hit. We sold out of them. We were blown away. Yeah. And now they're, they've, we've, oh, man, I can't, I don't even know how we've sold over a thousand. Wow, because we have wholesale accounts now. The uh, Cliff Barrickman has some at his museum. Love it. Um, the Expedition Bigfoot Museum, Georgia, in Georgia yep. carries yep. them. Uh, the Mothman carries them. Uh, um, oh man! And then we sell a bunch of them online too. And uh, so thank cool. you for everybody who's bought those. Uh, like we're over the moon at how much you guys like them. Um, mm. I, I love them. I, I've got one on my keychain too. So, I mean, that's how much I like them. <laughs> it's such a fun um, idea, dude. Yeah. And so I actually have copies of all of those casts in, in my basement. So okay. it was easy to use a side-by-side reference and scale it down. And I just sculpted it by hand and, and made it match and textured them. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I'm really happy with them. And I, I couldn't have wanted them to turn out better. That is so cool, man. You've also, I've also uh, seen you have used a 3D printer, correct, for some things? Um, Ron, Ron has the 3D printer over his oh, okay. place. Uh, okay. So, cool. yeah, some of the stuff printed. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll ask it anyways, but um, so, you, and if you don't know, that's fine. But you, you, so you can search for like different 3D print 
projects for printers, right? Uh, yeah, you can, but we actually sculpt all of our own. Oh, okay, cool. I was just yep. curious Ron, if there's like a yeah. huge, a lot of Bigfoot stuff you can make on a 3D printer um, out there. Uh, but I'm sure there is. Uh, you yeah. could probably search for it. We just never have. Um, okay. Ron's a 3D animator, and he's been doing that for 25 oh, wow. years. That's awesome. So, uh, so yeah, so he actually does all of our 3D modeling, and um, and I'm I'm playing with it, but I'm way better with clay. <laughs> okay, yeah, oh, man, you guys are super legit. Um, I would hate for the story not to be shared. Um, you you kind of alluded to there's uh there's a story between you guys and Bob Gimlin. Do you mind sharing that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so we got into our uh, on, into our first show uh, a few years back um, because it's really hard to get in as a vendor. Mm. Um, you can go in and do a lot of things, but a lot of the vendors, it's, it's like a weird wall in some places that gets okay. put up in a barrier. It's like, you know, none show pass. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and it's hard these shows. And uh, we did a show and Bob came around to our table and really liked our stuff. And then there was another show that we were trying to get into and Bob vouched for us. Wow. And once we got into that show that opened up so many other doors and Bob oh, sure. vouched for us again for another show. And it just continued like, Oh yeah, get those boys, get the boys from West Virginia in here. And it, it was, oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> it, it was, it was <laughs> fun. So, um, <clears throat> you know, we owe Bob and we always, we always make sure that uh, he knows how much we love him for that. He seems like he's the most genuine and nice guy that you'll ever meet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, can't, can't meet a better guy. Mm. That is so cool. Um, a lot, I have a lot of listeners that are into small town monsters. So oh, yeah. we definitely want to, so you were involved with one of their films that is not yet released yet. Correct. 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 Okay. Um, Do you mind sharing a, a bit about that? Maybe not, give everything away but kind of like how oh yeah sure uh, it yeah um it was it was really really relaxed um we had a good time uh we're part of dark skies uh is okay. uf on the trail of ufos and what was so funny uh i'll tell you i don't know if it's going to be on in like extra credits scenes or whatever anything like okay. on dvd because i know it had absolutely nothing to do with ufos <laughs> <laughs> and so i can tell you about this part nice um, we we were actually at a filming site in uh Brat we're I think we we're in Braxton County. I think okay. I'm pretty sure we're in Braxton County. Right. Um and we were like way out in the woods, way, way out in the woods. And so you know Shannon is like a big squatch, like squatchaholic. She super. is like super. I'm I'm interviewing here tomorrow. I'm pumped. Oh yeah, sweet. She's super in a big foot. Yeah, right. yeah. So yeah. um, so anyway. We're sitting there. They're doing the interview. I'm sitting across from Shannon. We're just kind of like, mm, you know, yeah, UFOs. And, <laughs> and like, that. it was really funny, too, because there was another part. <laughs> there was another part like, uh, I don't know if this is like, I hope they put it in there somewhere. I mean, I know it okay. won't be in the main documentary, but they said, Seth was asking us questions. Like, because uh, I, I felt like so out of place. Like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm a Bigfoot researcher. I don't know. I'm a UFO <laughs> team, but <laughs> but mm. because we do, we do UFO research, we collect a lot right. of and you know we look into and stuff so it, it was valid for me to be there but it just kind of felt like this is weird yeah right. you're the ufo guy you talk yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know um but seth asked me he's like so 
so Joe, what, what is it that brings you here? I said, well, I'm a Bigfoot researcher and we're out in the woods. And I just sat there <laughs> and, and we all laughed. Everybody was cutting up and having fun, but, uh, but we were, everything got serious there for a little bit and we were doing the interviews and uh, talking about some reports that had came in and that this, that, and the other, won't go into detail. Okay. Those. Um, we were sitting there and then all of a sudden, like me and Shannon, like our heads pop up and we look oh. off into the wood line. Cause you just heard this pow. And we were like, man. Oh, <laughs> this is why I'm here. Yeah. And um, so we took off running into the woods and we derailed everything <laughs> for a solid 30 minutes because me and Shannon just bolted into the That's woods. That's amazing. And um, but we actually had two really good howls that night, and we had really? uh yeah, we had a few more wood knocks, and um it, it was oddly enough, very squatchy and not so much UFOE that night. But we did wow. we went and we had talks about the um about everything that was going on with some of the reports that had come in and uh some of the reports that had come into us that we had debunked and figured out what they actually were things okay like that. that's cool that is some cool behind the scenes yeah they have some uh they have some fun i can just tell they they can oh yeah those, those guys have it's some fun time. i love it i love it um of course a lot of the listeners are going to be really curious. And so I'm going to say, if you haven't seen Finding Bigfoot, The Search Continues, one, you need to watch it. We are going to get into it. So, but hopefully you've seen it by now. If you're not in the U.S., my apologies. Um, yeah, right. we'll, we'll try yeah. not to, we'll try Sorry. not to spoil everything. Um, but so sh share what was the experience like how did you get involved with that that's just a crazy thing well, on that show um i'm not sure what exactly got the wheels turning yeah. to get the show started but back in april whenever we went to the investigation site and you know john tinney called in his report and i went out and investigated oh. it within you know 30 some hours um we uh we sent all that to cliff. Okay. So, so he was already aware of it and, and that's wow. kind of how it all started. And then Russ is kind of their contact for here in the state. So he was like, okay. well, and Russ was the guy that actually sent all the stuff to cliff. Mm -hmm. um, so it was all, the wheels were already turning there all the way back in, you know, April. And okay. uh, so it just continued from there. And then when I found out they were coming this way, they said, well, do you want to, do you want to, come out and do uh the night investigation you want to come out and do this and do the report at um uh Kanoa and we want to have we want to do the last night we're there at, yeah. at that location i was like well uh yes <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so uh we set everything up we went out we did everything um it was really smooth they were super professional uh i was worried okay about how hokey it might be mm. i God's on it, like just okay. up front. I was okay. worried that there was going to be this kind of like almost cartoony aspect to how they did things, and that it was okay. going to be. Um, well, you know, you you hear you've you've read everything on social media. You've seen it, like oh, finding Bigfoot. Did you find them? You no, know? I I get it, and I would I would have had the same concern. So talking to Cliff, it's like if I didn't if I'd never heard the story where like in season one they were like they were like okay we got to prove everything yeah. before it's like, but 
I can understand the concern totally. Yeah. 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 So, um, but all of that was like immediately set at ease okay. when we, when we got working, uh, nice. like I, I was just blown away how professional they were and how, mm. like how not manufactured anything yeah. was. Yeah. Um, at, at least in my location, I know that nothing in, in our research area was, was staged. Nothing was, it was all legit. Everything was on the up and up. And, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And I was blown away. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Now I, I would have cut our, our stuff differently, way differently. Mm. Um, because there was a lot of stuff they left out. Oh, um, really? Oh, yeah. Cause I was out with, uh, I was actually out with them that night. If okay. you've seen the episode, uh, and they're looking and you're seeing the, the thermal footage, there's, you see Matt and Renee down at the bottom of the screen. There's yep. thermal footage of stuff. And then there's, I won't ruin that for anybody who hasn't seen it, <laughs> but then there's aerial footage of where Cliff's at. Well, you see yep. another like heat signature there where Cliff's at. That other heat signature is me. And, okay. So um, yeah, I, I was like, there's some, yep. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The other heat signature beside that's Cliff funny. is yours truly. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cliff had me come out with him. Uh, I was actually supposed to just stay at base camp and I was there in case anybody got lost. Um, because I know that forest like the back of my hand and cause I grew up in it. Yeah. And, um, so it, it was one of those things where like, if they get lost, I can go get them out. No problem. No big deal. Totally. I'll just wait nice, at base nice. camp. If they need it, radio me, I'll be out. Um, yep. well, instead last minute, literally last minute, like they're packing up, getting ready to go. Cliff was like, well, are you coming? And I was like, I was told I was staying here. He's like, ah, who cares? Come on. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure? And he was like, oh yeah, man, come on, let's go. And he's like, nice. I'm going to be out there by myself anyway. He said, it'll be good to have you out there. And I was like, so that's great. great. That is great. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's like a Bigfooter's dream come true. Oh yeah. Totally. To go out and go squatching with Cliff Barrett. I mean, come on. Oh man. Uh, so that was fantastic. And, um, we were out and man, there was so many acorns falling and so many black walnuts. Like it's, it's easy to misinterpret knocks for like nuts, you know, because they're going to hit hollow pieces of a tree and it's going to sound like it. So you gotta have your ears tuned to hear like the knock followed by a which is the oh, nut hitting the leaves. Yeah. Okay. So you've got to, you've got to be listening for that. And we heard several knocks that were actual, <laughs> like good knocks. And, and Matt and Renee heard them too. Um, before we even took off, oh, this was one of the cooler things. Can't, and of course, Bigfooters luck. Cameras yeah. weren't rolling. Audio right. wasn't rolling. Right. We're sitting there eating dinner, getting ready to go do our thing. And all of a sudden oh, from up the holler. Yeah. All of a sudden you just hear this. No way. And I just raised up from my dinner plate and I said, Y'all gonna have a fun night tonight. <laughs> and, and they and they were like, Man, you said this was a sweet spot, but we thought it was gonna be like, you know, we didn't expect this. And I'm like, we haven't even got started yet. And I'm like, I told y'all I was gonna get you out here where the swatches were. I wasn't kidding. That's crazy. <laughs> man. Just kept eating. Yeah. So oh, man. It, it was that it, the night started off awesome. And I love it. Uh, then <clears throat> there was, uh, there was a part where there's a whole segment that got completely cut. Mm. And so I could talk about that. Oh uh, yeah, totally. We, 
excuse me, we, uh, we went out on the ridge. We started off down in the valley, right? Okay. And then at the end of the night, we went up on the ridge and we were up there for a couple hours and um, maybe an hour and a half, two hours. And uh, Renee and Matt went back down over into the valley, but they were up on top. They were just looking back down into that same valley we were in. Cliff wanted to go and check out somewhere else. He said, take me somewhere else that you think is just really squatching. And I was like, all right, sweet. Nice. Let's do it. So we went back out and started walking out one of the fire roads that was probably about a half mile away from uh, where everybody else was. Sure. And this, this road runs across the ridge of another mountain. And <clears throat> we were, we got out there so far. And then we heard these three awesome calls, but they were so far away that they just didn't pick up on the audio recordings. Oh no. But like, they were just like, Ooh. Oh man. And then you heard another belt out and Cliff uh, was like, that's Bigfoot. That's big. And we're like, yes, that is awesome. Yeah. And then we were on our way back and all of a sudden, like within 80 feet of us. Okay. So whatever was here was like on us. We heard this incredibly loud knock that just oh. like, we, you could almost feel the percussion. It was so close. Oh man. And we were that's like, awesome. Oh, this is great. And that didn't make it in the show. I have no what? idea. I, yeah. I don't know if the camera guy just didn't have the camera up or what was going on, but that uh, wasn't in the show. That was like the, one of our best parts of the night was that like super close knock that like everything picked up. I mean, if the camera was uh, rolling and they had the audio going, like we 100% know it was there because it was just like, pow. And we're like, Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> and uh, it was awesome. So that was, that was a blast. Um, we uh, we got got started heading back and um, and I don't want to talk about it. We didn't talk about it. We didn't say we couldn't talk about it. I don't know. Um, me and the, no, I'm gonna have to edit this so bad, but go ahead. <laughs> well, we can talk about it for Patreon if you want. Okay, fine. Yeah, let's do that. All right, we'll cut. We'll talk about that for Patreon. <laughs> Okay, so stay cool. tuned, kids, and sign it's up. Weird. It's weird. It's like you've done podcasting before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. Um, so, yeah, we'll save that bit. Uh, so, right, anyway, cool. we're on our way back, and and we're, we're calling back to the other team, and they're like, Did you hear that knock? And they're like, Was that not you guys? And we're like, No. So, they get the drone overhead again. They're looking down yeah. in this bowl. Yep. And, and they actually come across some thermal blobs, but like that's real, it was real blobby. So they, I can understand why that didn't go on TV. Okay. Um, cause it was just real blobby. Ah, but gotcha. We, oh, that's uh, crazy. Yeah. We called it a night and you know, there, there was so much that happened that night that just didn't make, uh, they gave it like, I think 15 minutes, I think is what we had on our, our it was like five, um, you said five hours. Oh yeah. We were out there until three in the morning. Wild so wild yeah it was great i had a blast i mean there's stuff that happened that i'll never forget and uh experiences yep. that i would have never had otherwise and uh it, it was fantastic I had a blast that is such an amazing experience thank you for sh sharing all that behind the scenes stuff uh with us i have a um i have a list of i've started doing a thing where i have a list of uh questions i run through with everyone sure all my 
uh, different people. And it, it kind of, it's interesting because you see different things from different perspectives, but um, uh, still being fine tuned. So bear with me. Um, what should I ask you that I don't know en- that I didn't know enough to ask? Mm. Maybe about diet. Diet. Like why why they stay in a certain way, why they stay in a certain place, why why I think Bigfoot would stay in a certain habitat. Um, you mean like there has to be enough uh like uh enough of a population of a food source and not enough. just a population, but even okay. available sugar. You know, sugar is available extremely sugar. hard. Sugar. This sugar really? is a very difficult thing to come across in nature. It's something that you oh, only, sure. only really know if you were um a woodsman or a master naturalist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, uh, available sugar, uh, is extremely important. So we're talking about berries. We're talking about different ah. and things like that. Okay. That have starches and sugars that are crucial to a diet because you can't just live on a carnivorous diet alone. You sure. have to have, you know, you gotta have something like, uh, I, I'm a firm believer that Sasquatch is not a, um, uh, pure carnivore there omnivorous they're eating they're eating everything and i don't i don't think that they're just sitting there like eating refuse plant matter i think they're actually Mm -hmm. targeting certain things like mushrooms um edible mushrooms uh and various fruits that grow uh you know like Mm -hmm. there's i don't know if you guys have them in your where are you from central iowa central iowa have you ever heard of a (laughs) pawpaw what where (laughs) a a it's a a type of fruit yeah, yeah, it's a type of fruit that grows. Yeah, native. I know what it is. I grew up in Western Mass, so I've. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. I've hiked the AT before right some parts, but you know, yeah, there's there's some pawpaw yeah. trees out that way. It's basically like yeah. an Appalachian banana, right? Um, and uh, so you know, those are going to be a target. Uh, native okay. native oh, uh, fruit trees, like apple trees, yeah. things like that, because sugar is just really hard to come by. It, you're just yeah, not going to yeah. find it. Um, oh, it's it's one of the hardest things to find out in the woods. And if you don't have berries, if you don't have the uh, that source, you're not going to have something that's going to stay in the region year round. Mm. That is a really interesting conversation. Yeah, that makes sense, though. Totally does. Oh, man. Nice. What are you most excited about right now? Oh, what am I most excited about right now? Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this past weekend, um, so it'd be a week tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went out on a follow-up report from an auditory experience Ooh. that also had two years ago, a visual class a, uh, that Ooh, took place. Wow. Um, they've had some stuff knocking on trailers out in this hauler. Uh, they've had like oh. beaten slapping trailers. Um, historically her grandfather also reported seeing a white Bigfoot. Um, oh, really? This, well, yeah, this cool. was this. Yeah. yeah, this was back in the '60s. Was when her yeah, grandpa okay. had her experience. So this is a massive, massive property that is now hers, mm. and um, she's very credible. Former Marine, um, okay, and and her her story was just perfect. Uh, and so. We went out and uh, we're going to be launching a big video documentary. We documented the entire thing. Um, we're big on documenting all our research excursions. Awesome. Um, so that way, you know, you see every step of the way that we went. And we 
we're able to pull this bad boy. Oh, wow. Yeah, you got to go to the and YouTube for this one, guys. This is awesome. So here is, you can see wow. the toes lined up right there. I'm yep. trying to get a shadow cast on them. Yep. They're oh, nice awesome. and in that line. And this big toe, that big toe is three inches by two and a quarter. Wow. And the track itself is 15. Here's where the heel is right here. And here's the toe. So it's wow. 15 inches from toe to that. that now, we lost so the ball crazy. of the foot because there was a big water grass. Okay. Um, it was in some weird substrate. They were uh, putting down hay and grass seed. So it's, I've got hay mixed and stuck in this thing. I got still got, I mean, I, it's still fresh. I mean, fresh, fresh. I still got grass and stuff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but that That's is amazing. what I'm most excited about right now. That, that oh, was awesome. I totally would be too, man. And we, I can't wait to get back out there. We're calling it the Wineberry site. Um, okay. Because on the, at that site, we found blackberries, raspberries, huckleberries, oh. wineberries. The wineberry thicket was just massive. It's the biggest, wow. it's the most populated berry there. So that's what we call it the wineberry site. Um, okay. Makes sense. And uh, we've got another trip planned to go out there. Uh, we have a fall um, weekend. We're planning on spending the whole weekend out there in the fall, uh, nice. probably in like the October time, rate, time frame. Um, wow. And we're going to go back out there again here soon once the berries come on. Okay. Because I'm going to go around looking for hair. Smart. So yeah. you said that you're making a, you're filming all this? Yes. We document everything, put it up on YouTube. It's uh, Wild and Weird West Virginia is what you look up in, in the uh, YouTube search bar. And I'll bring up all the other stuff we got. There's also some episodes of our podcast there. Nice. Wild and Weird WV. Or is it? Yeah, it's at, we actually put it out West Virginia on that. Okay, cool, cool. Thank that, you. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna like totally check that out after this. Um, what are the top books someone getting into Bigfoot should have on their bookshelf? Oh man, uh, yeah. Anything you can get a hold of by John Napier. Uh, these are books mm. that are going to be back from the '60s. Yep. Um, the Abominable Snowman and uh, Sasquatch. That's a good one. Um, the John Bindernoggles thesis mm -hmm. yep. is another really good one to get a hold of um jeff's book when legend meets science that one is really good um when i asked him this question he was like uh sasquatch legends meets science dude <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah um, fair enough yeah uh also if you're in invest if you're interested in field work uh jeff also wrote two pamphlets that yes, are the big are field great. guides yep. those are fantastic i highly recommend getting hold of those you can get those at rei that's crazy man <laughs> yeah isn't that great wow um so uh you can also grab them online but the best place is to get them if you see him at a conference somewhere because they're ah. way cheaper getting them directly from him you can also email him and he can get them to you that way too nice nice um then let's see. Oh, oh, how could I forget the dark divide? That is one of the most beautifully written books about Bigfoot ever. That doesn't and, come up a lot, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so you got the dark divide where Bigfoot walks that mm -hmm. hands down. Dr. Powell killed it in that book. Wow. 
Mm, that's a good that's a good list man thank Be- you beautifully written too it's uh, he is he's a poet by hobby mm. and so the my wife's an english teacher and that's just one of the books that she okay she picked up his reading she's like wow this is actually like beautiful <laughs> so, that's amazing yeah that's that's a short list for you i've got several oh 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 where am i at i gotta give you one more all right my, all right. my, my buddy russ jones wrote oh yeah cracking course. the stone man you gotta get yep. tracking the stone man that's a must-have and it's a West Virginia man book. that that has been flying off the shelves at the nabc like crazy yes like they can't keep it in stock man yes so, same thing at the mothman museum out. he they can't keep oh, really? it up there yeah oh wow. yeah it's a great book uh t- tells you everything you need to know about That's like awesome. doing field research it's great all right the last part here is um kind of some rapid fire questions and um these get get a bit interesting they're all over the board Sweet. so Love uh it. first um you've kind of already said some stuff about this but what is bigfoot uh, in my theory, yep. my personal thoughts, uh, yep. I believe that we're dealing with some kind of relic hominin, mm-hmm. uh, most likely something that was an offshoot of uh, robustus, uh, like the Paranthropus robustus, or, yep. uh, relic Australopithecine. Love it. Uh, is Mothman good or something else? Oh, oh, this is a good question. Right. Mothman, uh, we're local to the Mothman. Okay, guys. I so know, like, yeah. Mothman's my boy. Yeah, dude. And um, Mothman was uh, something else. Um, it wasn't evil. It, it was not an evil entity. I disagree with anybody who tries to tell me otherwise. Um, it was not this harbinger of doom. And I mm. do not believe that these sightings that are taking place up in the north have anything to do with our Mothman and what we experienced. Uh, Chicago? Yeah, because we Mothman? actually went to Chicago. Yeah. We talked to like 100,000 people. And let, well, we were at an event and we were also oh, doing some stuff. Okay. We were in Tinley Park where like every, where the first sighting took place. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knew anything about it. Wow. Nobody. Everybody that's was wild. like, what? Mothman? That's West Virginia. And we're like, you're right. That's wild, dude. So we believe that the uh, Mothman was probably some form of extra dimensional being or mm-hmm. some sort of uh, supernatural entity is, is what we think and that it was not here to cause harm. And if you actually listen to some of the recordings from uh, the original witnesses, they even say that they don't believe that he was here to hurt anybody. They believe, that he, mm-hmm. you know, and they wish that they'd never seen him because if they hadn't seen him, they wouldn't have went and told the police. And if the police hadn't found out, the news wouldn't have found out. And now nobody will leave it alone. That was, that's a quote from, from, uh, uh, oh, what's her name? Can't remember her name. That's all right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But she's great. Whoever she she is. Yes. Yes. I know when she died. Can't remember her name. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) You're good. Uh, Are we concerned enough about Dogman? Uh, I think it's a misidentified Bigfoot. I really don't want there to be a dog That's man out there. That's interesting. That's interesting. I personally think it's a misidentified Bigfoot because out here in Appalachia, you do have tales of Bigfoot that kind of have like a baboon muzzle. I've seen um, that. Yeah. So uh, I'm going with misidentified Bigfoot because mm-hmm. otherwise, like, we would not be the dominant species on the planet. 
No, if it Dogman existed. Over, dude. Yeah. If we had like this hyena Anubis looking critter that was running around, like just no slaughtering people, no, we would know. Look, look, we would know. Yeah, it would be like obvious. The government would not be able to cover it up. It would like, be bad. It would just be bad. So I think it's misidentified Bigfoot. Um, because I've even seen some of the prints, okay. Master naturalist coming in and also growing up in the woods. A lot of the prints that have been claimed to be dogman or bear. Like, really? like oh, probably wow. 95% of the pictures that I've seen are okay. bear tracks. Okay. That's really so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you, if you look at them, they're bear tracks or they're dog tracks with nothing in a point of reference on the picture. Oh, <laughs> it's so like, look how big this big dog track is. And it's like from a pug. Are you sure? <laughs> no, you just zoomed in real close. <laughs> so I dig it, man. I dig it. Yeah, and I'll um, probably get some hate mail for that, but that's that's okay. I even said well, the same thing in our dog man episode. They're gonna oh, have whatever. to get through me first. So <laughs> uh th- thoughts on I ha- I'm tweaking the next question. So it's just kind of like a living di- living dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, it's a possibility. There's vast yeah. areas of the Congo that we haven't totally. been in. Um, we've found a coelacanth. We've, we actually yeah. have, uh, I'm a reptile nerd. Okay. So like there is a living dinosaur that lives on an Island and it's called the Tuatara. Look it up. It's my yes. favorite, li- it's my favorite lizard. Yeah. 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 It's totally. my favorite lizard, hands down the Tuatara. And then we also have another living dinosaur, the Shinosaurus crocodilius. It's out in the Chinese crocodile lizard is what they call it. I'll have to look that up. That's but awesome. it's, a, it's actually what they based Godzilla off of back in like the sixties. Really? Um, yeah, no they they based it off of the a cat and the Shinosaurus crocodilius. Wow. Um, so it, it's got like the plates down its back and all that stuff. Not like Godzilla, like spiky radioactive plates, but like it's got the crocodile mm-hmm. alligator plates down its back, the scoots. It, it's pretty cool. Nice. Um, oh, so yeah, cool. I mean, it's a possibility. Uh, pterosaurs, I don't know. I mean, you'd think you'd see that. Um, yeah. But like, you know, a big sauropod or like a medium sized dinosaur. Uh, I mean, nobody ever bats an eye alligators. So that that's true, and they're getting huge, man. <laughs> yeah, right. And very huge. Uh, last is what is your top evidence for Bigfoot? Um, we've collected some hair samples. Um, we've also I've got a bunch of casts that I can show you as well that I brought up here with me from the basement and that uh, we've actually all cast ourselves. Um, I'm the guy that poured the plaster on all of them. So nice. And I've got one, two, three, four, five. Well, four, four up here that were really good. And I brought one bear up here. Mm. Um, what would you say if I said historical evidence for Bigfoot? Uh, like ours or my favorite historical evidence period. Uh, period. Favorite historical evidence, period. I'm going to have to go with Bob Gimlin and the PG film on this one, just because I get nice, man. It's, it's hard to beat the PG film. Um, I mean, especially as historic evidence goes, uh, the only other thing that comes close to historically would be the Ape Canyon and, uh, Mark Mark Marcel's rediscovery of Ape Canyon. You know, Mark Marcel killed it with his research on Ape Canyon. That's actually, been my my favorite episode was interviewing Mark Marcel. Oh yeah, he's awesome. It was so much fun talking to him, and like just finding out that he had 
a satchel full of all his research just with yeah. him at his desk. And he's like, here it is. Yeah. It's crazy. Dude. He, he's an awesome guy. He's a really nice guy too. Yeah. But, Super nice. Dude. Thank you. You made it through the crazy gauntlet at the end. Thank you so much Sweet. for hanging out. Uh, you did. <laughs> Joe, um, do you mind running through uh, everything that, I mean, you guys are all over the place, but what is the, what's the ways that people can uh, follow along with you? Well, uh, the biggest way that you can follow along with everything we do um, is going to be wild and weird radio. Okay. Uh, anywhere podcasts are found, you can find us there. Uh, we awesome. do in, we do interruptions to our regular scheduled broadcast when we have, uh, evidence come up, um, nice. or, or new sightings. So we'll interrupt the, the, the lineup and we will insert yeah. an episode based on what we're doing. Uh, this week's episode oh, is actually going to be all about that first cast I showed you with the grass in it. I love it. Um, so you can check out the full report on that. Uh, it'll be coming out Monday. Um, and then the video, the accompanying video will be out here in a few days. And the fun thing about this is it will already be out for you to listen to and watch listeners. Cause this will, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm booked out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. I, I figured this would so be in a few, they'll, like, they'll be uh, like, yeah, it's already out. Cool. <laughs> yeah. You guys can go look at, look it up later. Uh, totally. it, it, it'll be great. And, um, yeah. Then you can find us at Wild and Weird West Virginia on Facebook. We also have a community talk page called, uh, it's, I think you, I don't know how you still look that up. There's a link to it on Wild and Weird West Virginia's Facebook page. Just okay. click the go to group and it'll take you there. Because we, nice. we were growing so big in that group. Um, we have international uh, really? people who are subscribed over there now. So mm. we now call it the wild and weird UFO and paranormal talk page instead of wild and weird West Virginia. We just dropped the West Virginia part because it's not exclusive okay. to West Virginia. We're global. Nice. Nice. So um, those would be the best way. And then you can look us up at wild and weird WV.com. We've got all kinds of tabs and stuff. You can go look up there. Remember nice. that is wild and weird WV.com. That's amazing. Can't tell. I've I done that it. a thousand times. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, Joe has agreed to hang out for a few extra minutes. He's going to know it. He's going to share uh, the thing that he was going to share about finding Bigfoot. And then I got paranoid and he's like, don't worry, I'll share it later. So, and maybe <laughs> some, some other, I'll ask him some other questions too. But uh, thanks again, listeners, for hanging out. If you want to hear Joe's extra stuff, it's uh, go to patreon.com forward slash Bigfoot Society. Uh, $5 a month to hear some extra stuff and support the podcast. But thanks again for coming on, Joe. Absolutely. And I will say this as another podcaster, uh, you Patreon supporters are invaluable. You keep us doing what we're doing and, and keep us driving and keep us moving forward. So go and subscribe to Bigfoot Society on Patreon. Go support this guy. Get behind Jeremiah, push him farther, help him get out there more. Uh, it's just, this is a fun show. You guys are wow. going to keep enjoying it for days and years and years to come. So, uh, you know, get, get behind him, support him and, uh, stay wild and weird guys. That is so nice. Thank you, Joe. Have a good one guys. A big thanks again to Joe Purdue for coming on and hanging out. Uh, go and check out wild and weird West Virginia. I mean, these guys 
are getting it done. You can get all sorts of stuff. You can get little Mothman figures. You can get uh, crazy Bigfoot uh, little track keychains. I mean, they're doing some good stuff. Give them a follow. Check out their YouTube channel. Uh, they've got some good stuff on there. I can't, I can't say enough good things about uh, about Joe and Wild and Weird West Virginia. Thanks again for coming on. Thank the supporting members of the Bigfoot Society Patreon. Uh, we have Surfetes, uh, Josh Sewich from the Starfall Collective on Twitch, Greg Morrill from the Order 66 podcast, with Coco Van Boxtel from Strange Little Lands, Daniel Fuller with Caveman Resale on eBay, Connor Anderson, Kenzie from the Crypto Chats podcast, Lauren from Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio, And if you're not a Patreon member and you're just a listener, thanks for taking your time out of your busy day and spending some time with us. Uh, Go ahead and uh, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Leave a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and uh, your preferred podcast platform. And um, if you have any stories, you can give us an email at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And again, check out the articles we have and more preferred book lists at BigfootSocietyPodcast.com. You can always go to Instagram at Bigfoot Society. And we have a TikTok now. It gets pretty crazy there. Bigfoot.Society at Bigfoot.Society. And if you've got a story to tell and it's related to cryptozoology or the unknown, don't be afraid to send me a DM on Instagram at Bigfoot Society. I'd love to uh, share your story with the world. Let's uh, get it squatchy. One last thing, guys. We need to talk about the new Clubhouse app. Uh, It's currently in beta. It is an audio-only platform. I am currently setting up uh, the cryptozoology community on Clubhouse. So if you have Clubhouse, look up uh, my name, which is public and out there, Jeremiah Byron. And uh, it's username at Bigfoot Society. And add me so that you can be in the Clubhouse Bigfoot Society room that'll be happening every week at uh, Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a great time. We've got a lot of people already in there. Uh, You're going to get hooked, so check it out. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you.